Thank you for joining the Georgia Chamber podcast. For 105 years, we have been the leading voice of business in the state of Georgia. Through these podcasts, we want to help you better understand the issues facing our state and how your business can grow and prosper. Thanks for joining us. To learn more, go to www.gachamber.com. Good afternoon. I'm Chris Clark, President and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. I want to welcome you to our Resiliency and Recovery Roundtable. Uh, this is the second in a series that we're doing each week to focus on reopening and the resiliency efforts and the economic impact to various industry sectors around the state of Georgia. Uh, these will be rebroadcast with our friends at Georgia Public Broadcast. I want to thank our friends at Georgia News Network for also sharing the input and insight from our industry leaders to others around the state of Georgia. Um, for those of you that are new to the Chamber, I want to remind you to go to gachamber.com slash COVID-19 for the latest updates, documents, and information for the recovery and your own business efforts. We just recently posted information about uh, how uh, you can go through the process for loan forgiveness if your company received a PPP. And of course, we've got best practices pra uh, posted there from CDC as well as Governor Kemp's guidelines. and encourage you to follow that and follow us on social media. Uh, as well. So we've got an interesting discussion today with tourism industry leaders from around the state. Without a doubt, there's no industry sector that's been hit harder uh, by COVID-19. We've seen some of the early statistics of over a million uh, folks uh, losing their jobs in the hotel industry. We've seen the impacts to our amusement parks, to our professional sports. Uh, thank goodness we were able to reopen slowly this weekend and carefully and at least salvage a little bit of the Memorial Day weekend. And I know our friends down on the coast were excited to, to be able to have our beaches open. But we also know that it's going to take us a long time to recover from the impact here, and we have to do it in a safe and sound way. And so we're going to listen today to four incredible industry experts uh, to talk about what they've seen on the front lines as well as where we're going. Uh, we're happy to welcome Holly uh, Quinlan, who's CEO of Travel Cobb. Del Ketzel, who's president of our favorite amusement parks out at Six Flags. Uh, Scott McQuaid, CEO of the Golden Isles Convention and Visitors Bureau down on Georgia's coast. And Jim Allen, senior vice president for the Atlanta Braves. And so thanks all of you guys for being with us today. We appreciate it. What I'd like to do is just go around and get us started and let each of you tell us a little bit about your organization and kind of where you've been, what the impact's been to your company your, or your sector uh, for Scott and Holly, obviously for your regions there over the last few months, what you're seeing now as we move into Memorial Day uh, and where you think we're gonna be as we move forward. So I'll ask Holly to get us started today. Miss Holly, thanks for being with us and I'll love to hear from you. Thank you and thank you for the invitation. Um, you know, what you said is absolutely true. It has really been a tough reality these past few months for the hospitality industry, you know, with travel essentially stopping, um, hotels closing, attractions either shutting their doors or, you know, having to make decisions based off of, you know, their seasonality if they can open. And we've got two great uh, team members from Cobb here with us that are going to be able to talk specifically about that. Conventions, youth sports, I mean, the impact was so widespread. And um, I guess on the one hand, you can say it's good because we're all in it together. On the other hand, you know, everybody has their nuances and, and impacts that are felt in different ways. 
So for Cub Travel and Tourism, you know, really we feel like our job is to be a catalyst, to be a support mechanism for our partners through all the industries across the entire hospitality community. Uh, and we really did that in three key ways. Um, first, we offered a lot of resources for Cobb County residents. And um, we've got a fantastic creative marketing team that did some really unique plays on things that were strictly Cobb County, such as a visual art series for our Friday vibes. Um, so you could learn more about the arts in our community. We did sweet reads from Cobb County authors. So um, you know, able to look at books for all different ages and um, for different segments as well as sweet films to stream while uh, social distancing and then a Cobb Musicians playlist on Spotify. So really using kind of our um, social media presence to be able to push out lots of information to not only visitors, but very specifically residents within our community. Uh, secondly, we really were doing a lot uh, that we felt was important to care for our tourism partners. Um, we have actually a lot of National Guard staying in our community. And so how could we take care of them and the hotels where they were staying, as well as supporting our hotels and restaurants by connecting them and feeding those that were left lunch. You know, there were a lot of layoffs that happened, uh, particularly there in those first couple of weeks. And so nothing brings people together like food. It makes you uh, really feel like you're, you're still apart. So we uh, made sure that we made those connections with the restaurants and the hotels and were able to feed a, a lot of people within the hospitality industry. And then the third and final piece is about collaborating and informing. A collaboration is so important in our industry as a whole and um, you know, making sure that everybody's talking and that we're working together. Um, we've been very fortunate to work with our local chamber, the Cobb Chamber, on a recovery task force as well as you know kind of reopening strategies for our community and that really spreads across all different um all different markets and segments uh, the good news is though is that we're starting to see glimmers of hope uh, we do see improvements the omni at the battery has reopened i know jim allen is very excited for that to happen um, we've had some growth in occupancy we were we were scraping the bottom there for a few weeks, and so now to be able to see a little bit of growth is, uh, is very positive. Staycations seem to be a big thing. Uh, locals, you know, just ready to see something beyond their four walls and their driveway, which I totally understand. I have kids here, and if getting out is, is a welcome change. Um, and again, you know, just the youth sports, you know, all of these pieces starting to have conversations, really starting to figure out how we can put safety at the, the forefront, but really start to, to get back into life and to traveling and just to start to see, you know, again, kind of what, what's out there and what's going on. But uh, again, Jim and Dale are going to share some great insights for, for other, uh, other organizations in our community, but a lot of really good things are happening. Thanks, Ms. Holly. Dale, let's, let's go to you next. I mean, you're the anchor tenant here for so long, and not just in Cobb, but all of, uh, all of Georgia from a tourism standpoint. And I know it's been difficult. We still don't have our openings yet in the amusement world. You had some, a, a big announcement yesterday about your safety measures. Tell us what the world's been like and where you are today. 
Well, first of all, Chris, I, I think the leadership the, and the flexibility that you and Sharon Mason and Holly and uh, all of our elected officials have shown has been really inspiring to all of us in the business and tourism community. We've been able to communicate, we've been able to learn, we've been able to uh, share, share uh, best practices and it's been fantastic. So um, I, I appreciate it and I know all of our, all of our team members appreciate it. Um, so I'll, I'll start at the beginning. You know, people forgot that we actually opened for a weekend before uh, March 11th happened. We were open that weekend. So we were able to, to get several team members on board and get uh, our rides up and going, et cetera. So since then, we've been focused on what uh, the new normal is going to look like, putting together uh, health and safety guidance. Uh, we've, been, we've been doing a lot of things in the community. Uh, some of the fun stuff you've probably seen, we, we uh, donated our superhero capes to uh, Publix and Kroger employees uh, because they are true superheroes. We've donated uh, our rain ponchos for, for PPE for the Douglas County Fire Department. Uh, we've donated food. And most recently, you can, if you donate blood, you can, get, uh, you can get a couple of tickets to come visit us when we reopen. So uh, yesterday was a big day. We did announce uh, nationally on Good Morning America that our first park would open on June the 5th. That's Frontier City in Oklahoma City. We also released our uh, reopening guidelines for when here in Georgia, when we get, um, when the governor's issues, uh, issues guidelines that we'll, we've gotten out in front and said what we're prepared to do. Uh, all of those, I won't go through them one by one. They're posted on our website. You can, you can go look. And within them, we also have a series of FAQs, but there's a couple of things I'd like to point out. One is a reservation system that we're implementing, which will allow us to uh, control capacity, will allow us to gradually uh, go forward and learn as we go, uh, both daily and hourly. It will enable us to communicate in advance of a visit to our guest, the health and safety expectations that, that, that they can expect from us and that we have of them. So it, there's a whole, a whole series of things and uh, we, are, we are practicing social distancing. We are uh, putting clean teams in place. Uh, and I wanna, I'd like to point out too that we are a large, we're 300 acres here at Six Flags Over Georgia and 70 acres at Whitewater. So we, we are a large, two large outdoor facilities. So we look forward to uh, entertaining guests as, as soon as we can safely and with the health of our guests and team members as our number one priority. So we are, uh, we're awaiting word from the governor's office and we will, uh, we will proceed in partnership from there. Thanks, Dale. I think that's what we're all waiting on, right? It, it always feels like the official start of the, of the spring and summer, both when we, when we have baseball and when Six Flags opens. And so uh, we need both of those to happen. But before we come back and talk about baseball, let's go down to the coast. Uh, Scott, um, we were happy to, to, that the governor allowed people back on the beaches. Uh, tell us what the world's been like and how the coast is recovering and what you're seeing right now. 
Yeah, thank you, Chris. It's a beautiful day here in the Golden Isles, and I'm happy to report there's no gnats uh, swarming around me. So we are getting back to business here, and uh, it has been um, certainly unprecedented where we came from. But also, as Holly mentioned, there's some uh, signs of light at the end of the tunnel. So to talk about what's going on in the Golden Isles, I figured I'd talk about where we're where we've come from to give a little insight to where we might be going. Uh, I won't repeat a lot of Holly's comments that were mentioned. Uh, we saw a lot of those same impacts to our group market. And we all know that tourism was one of the hardest hit sectors uh, out there in the nation. In fact, I saw a stat that recently said 51% unemployment being uh, reported in the hospitality and tourism sector. So we know we're, we're in unprecedented times. Uh, locally, we were hit just as hard. To give you some highlights, uh, we were in the middle of our spring break season in March when this started to hit. Uh, March, April, um, May, June, and July happened to be our best months here on the coast, so it, it couldn't have come at a worse time. And we're coming off the four worst months uh, of the year, our, our winter season. So um, as March started to unfold and this event started to unfold. We we're tracking ahead of last year's all-time record year. We we're tracking about 15% ahead. March was sitting at about 90% occupancy as COVID started to hit. And it first came in the way of group cancellations, major corporate groups, political groups, uh, and governmental groups started to cancel. And it really just came down like a hammer almost immediately. We saw over the weekend um, just a wave of cancellations come. And then as the beaches uh, locally closed, we saw all the transient business basically dry up overnight. So in a week's time, we went from about 90% occupancy down to 5% and what was remaining was essential workforce. So it was pretty devastating. And um, as we look at what continued through that impact. Of course, the whole area, with the exception of essential workforce, was um, departed from the area. So we estimate that most of April was a complete loss at about 90% down. And um, we were considering the same would take place for the month of May, but it, it really is a moving target and has changed literally day by day. Uh, to give you an idea of what we're estimating the impacts to be locally with the loss of um, basically two and a half months of business, we would have um, anticipated losing about a quarter of a billion dollars in economic revenue for the hospitality sector. So big impact, as I mentioned, our biggest months of the year. So um, really hard hitting. As far as our organization also, um, the CVBs across the nation were hit really hard by this. We have reports of CVBs um, in our nation that had to temporarily or permanently close their doors. We were fortunate um, at our CVB that we had reserve funds. And I liken this event as uh, what we prepare for at the coast is a prolonged hurricane event. Uh, in some ways, we we're fortunate to go through this fire drill um, five times in the last four years, preparing for major storms and evacuations. So as this started to unfold, we already had crisis plans in place and we dusted off those hurricane plans that weren't really dusty 
and adapted them to COVID. And that meant shutting down all our marketing immediately, which we do in major storm events, knowing that we're not sure what'll come out the other end. So we don't wanna be um, using resources on marketing when they may not be most effective. Uh, we took those steps, we had to draw back our staff. We really went from an externally focused organization to an internally focused organization, trying to help our business partners and our hoteliers um, adapt and uh, advise them on how to deal with this, this new reality. Of course, they were also canceling their marketing programs. We do a lot of cooperative marketing here in the Golden Isles, so um, we work together to pull that media out of the market and basically, again, just went into a planning mode for what to expect when we come out the other end. And as of last week, we started to come out the other end and we have a phased approach to re-entry, both from a marketing placement standpoint, as well as our own operations and have been advising hotels and businesses of the same. A lot of the information that the Georgia Chamber has provided has um, been very useful and we've been sharing that with our businesses uh, to give them best practices. So we thank you all for that. And, uh, you know, as we look at our landscape today, I was surprised how quickly things have come back. We really started opening last weekend and many resorts, in fact, the vast majority of them have reported being sold out and uh, another sellout or close to there this weekend for the holiday weekend. And I'm having resorts uh, report back to us that the um, bookings are at an all-time record high, uh, unlike anything um, hoteliers have seen. So, in fact, to quote one of uh, our hoteliers who was looking at losses upwards of 38% um, towards the end of March going into April with all the cancellations, uh, they're only sitting down 15%. Uh, as of last report. So some of that national data that we're really focused on is uh, ringing to be true. And we're very thankful of the position that we're in um, regionally to take advantage of that. Some of that national data says that beach destinations will be the first people will travel to. Uh, reported over 44% of travelers saying they're gonna go back to the beach first. Uh, we can attest at the Golden Isles that seems to be taking place. We also know that people will be traveling more regionally, um, less apt to travel in planes and do drive trips in 200-mile uh, proximity to their destination. We're also seeing that. So a greater influx of regional uh, visitors and folks driving into the market. And um, again, I, you know, the Prognosis looks pretty healthy for the destination. The big thing that everyone is wondering is how long will this last? Is this a short-term spike? Um, what are going to be the long-term uh, economic ramifications of a potential recession? So here in the Golden Isles, we're optimistic and watching the market very closely. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. I want to come back to you and Holly in a few minutes and talk about the convention business too and what that's looking like. But but Jim Allen with the Atlanta Braves, tell us what's life what's life been like without baseball if you work in baseball and what's the world going to look like for us moving forward? Well, I'm I'm ready to actually visit Scott down at the Golden Isles. That was uh, looking a little better there than it uh, the weather here in Atlanta. So uh, 
Now, from a, a baseball perspective, I, I think most people obviously are, are aware of kind of where we're at with things. It's, it's a shame because, as you mentioned from the get-go, uh, right now we should be playing baseball. We should have had a couple months in. Uh, by, by now, we, we figure we'd have been at least five or six games up in first place. So uh, uh, ho hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get there. Uh, but it's, it's, been a, it's been a challenge for us. I mean, we went from uh, winning our division the last two years to this year, obviously not playing baseball. And uh, at least at this point, you know, our revenues are, 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 are down to zero. So in, until we get to, to the actual part of actually playing games, that's when ultimately those revenues start coming in. And, and that's what everybody wants to see. Obviously, the fan base has been extremely supportive. Uh, we've been uh, very excited about just kind of the support that we've gotten from our partners and our fans and just the excitement around hopefully baseball coming back. And, uh, you know, we've tried to, to do as best we can. Our radio partner has been rebroadcasting each of our games from last year. Our TV partner on Fox Sports South has, has been doing, doing a great job of, of doing the World Series and doing uh, some of the top Braves games over the history of the franchise. And uh, when you do those things, you really get to, you know, kind of see the, the passion that people have and the excitement that they have for, for baseball coming back. And so we've been doing everything we can to try to continue to engage with our fans as best we can, uh, knowing that, uh, that that's really the extent of what we have the ability to do right now. But uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff in the community, as you might expect. I, I know uh, there were a few conversations on here about different things that were being done in the community. And, and we've obviously been trying to be as active as we can to our frontline workers and trying to really just let them know how much we appreciate them. One of the cool things that we had, uh, it's unfortunate that we weren't playing games, but when you think about the timing of when all the stuff happened, it was literally right before the season started. And we've got to order all kinds of food and, and stuff into the ballpark for that. And ultimately those are, those, some of that we can actually keep and some of that, you know, obviously has a, a shelf life to it. So uh, we've actually been cooking up food and delivering that out to frontline workers that we would normally have been, uh, you know, uh, selling and, and utilizing for the uh, for the fans attending games at uh, at Truist Park. So ultimately, we're ready for it to come back. Uh, we're very optimistic. Obviously, uh, the next couple of weeks will be very important. But I would say, from an organizational perspective, we're extremely optimistic. We'll actually be playing some baseball before long, and uh, and that'll be a good thing. Probably not uh, to the point where we're going to be playing with fans anytime in the in the near future, hopefully in the distant future, we'll, uh, we'll have, uh, have fans in the stands as well. But just getting baseball back would be a big win, I think, for not just Atlanta and the Southeast, but really for the entire United States for that matter. Uh, you know, the sports and live sports, I mean, we see it when, you know, the, uh, the highlights of yesteryear and the 92 uh, game seven against the Pirates or the 95 world championship, you see the excitement people have over those games. Uh, we had, we had somebody in the office said they were watching one of those games and they knew that we had won the game, but they were watching the game and they were nervous about it. Uh, and, and those are just the cool things about professional sports that, uh, 
uh, ultimately everybody's ready to have back in, in, uh, in operation. So uh, we're hoping that that'll be, be done soon. Uh, as, uh, as Holly alluded, the, uh, the Omni's back open and the battery's been open. So uh, we've got different hours and different operations for the, uh, for the, the folks out there. But ultimately, that, that is a place that's open for business and uh, has been fairly active. So we're, we're starting to see more and more traffic on a regular basis. And that's a absolutely tremendous thing. Uh, as Dale alluded, uh, you know, we do appreciate all of the local officials. We appreciate uh, uh, what Holly and the Cobb Travel and Tourism brings and what you guys bring from a Georgia Chamber perspective. All of that helps helps us out, and we uh, we greatly appreciate all the all the supporters and all the partners we have in those uh, in those areas. Thanks, Jim. Uh, you're right. We do miss that as as Americans. I think we miss that live competition. I know everybody I know was watching the match on Sunday, and you sit there. This is the first live thing I've watched sports for for months now. So. Uh, we're with you. I, I want to start with a question, Jim, for you, and then we'll go to Dale. Both of you guys employ a lot of, of part-time workers, summer employees, a lot of young men and women, right, that, that come in there, a lot of folks from the community, and they're obviously not being able to work right now. I'm curious what this looks like for you when you do ramp back up. What's, what's been, what have you been, how have you been helping or working with those part-timers? And then particularly for you, Dale, because I know you use a lot of college students when they come out. Are you going to be able to bring them back? Do you have time to get them trained? So, Jim, where are you at right now with your with your team members? Well, we're we're hoping to employ them uh, fairly fairly soon, but uh, ultimately we'll have to have fans in the ballpark before we really can uh, can do that. Uh, we, along with all thirty major league baseball teams, uh, ultimately, right when this happened, and we knew that we weren't going to be starting the season the way that we wanted to, uh, each of the thirty MLB teams. Uh, put together a a uh, million dollar fund for each organization. So the Braves had a million dollars that we basically set up for our frontline workers. And uh, you know, it there's such an crucial part of our operation here. Most people, when they come to a ball game, they're not interacting with me. They're not interacting with a lot of the folks that work in the front office. They're they're interacting with our game day staff and they're the front lines. They're very, very important to our success from an organization's perspective and really providing just great quality customer service to the people that enter the gates. And so it was a nice way for us to be able to say, we value you, we appreciate you, and we're sorry we're not able to play games right now, but we, we want to make sure that uh, we're trying to help out where we can. And it was really neat to see because we had – some game day workers who uh, obviously have taken advantage of that and have, have applied and, and gotten uh, dollars from that fund. And then we had other workers who they, they literally, they work here because they like working here, but they don't necessarily need the money. And we had plenty of our game day staff say, you know what, we appreciate what you guys have done, but we're going to step away. We're not interested in getting that because we know there are other people that are working with us that really need those funds and basically allowing themselves to, uh, to, to help out their, their fellow coworkers, if you will. Wow. And Chris, from, from our perspective at Six Flags, I mentioned we did open that one weekend. So we did hire the bulk of our spring staff. So we've been in touch with them throughout the process. I'm also proud to say that Six Flags as a company 
uh, kept all of our full-time team members on through this whole process. Um, and we are, and, and by the way, another plug for the website, you can go on sixflags.com and, and continue to apply now. Uh, we're hoping to be able to go back in hiring mode here real soon. Uh, we, have, uh, we have virtual uh, interviewing and training programs as well that, um, that we're, we're prepared to enact. And we look forward to welcoming back all those great young people that we hired in the spring. And I can tell you in interacting with our full-time folks, we have regular town halls. They are looking so forward to getting back and doing what we do well. And that's safely putting smiles on guest faces. Uh, it is such an honor to do this for a living. And that is the thing all of our folks are looking the most forward to doing. Thank you, Dale. Let's let's switch gears. I'm I'm curious, Holly and Scott. So much of of Cobb and the coast, really. When you talk about tourism, it's the family vacations, but so much more of that are the convention business, you know, business that goes on. And I know, you know, we've had to move uh, our convention, Scott, on the coast from June to July. Uh, I know other people have made similar um, efforts, and then some have had to cancel as well. So, can you tell us a little bit about? what it's been like from a uh, cancellation of conventions, what that impact's been like and how you're recovering. And I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first and then Scott, you can jump on. Okay. Um, yes, you know, it's kind of like a puzzle that the shapes keep changing and moving. And so trying to, to put the convention pieces back together is, um, has been a challenge, but you know, we work with a great uh, convention center at the Cobb Galleria Center and you know, it's, doing everything that we can to make sure that those groups are rescheduled. We don't want anyone to cancel. We want them to reschedule, whether that's for the fall or for next year. But, you know, it's how do you fit all of that, you know, kind of back into the, back into the puzzle and between all the pieces that were already there before. But, uh, again, a great team. We are, work with them on a daily basis. They have um, business review every morning, and we are there with them making sure that, you know, everybody's in lockstep and that that collaboration is very apparent to not only the client, but also to our partners throughout the entire community. And I would submit that it goes beyond even just the conventions, even into the youth sports, particularly, you know, none of us can wait for baseball to come back and you know, particularly the Braves, because I agree with Jim, you know, that's such a rallying point for just Americans as a whole. But for youth sports, you know, not only do parents want their children to have activity to go and do, but, um, you know, trying to reschedule those in a safe manner, those are probably going to be leading the, the charge whenever sports do come back. And um, because you can kind of adjust more easily at that youth level, um, particularly for even high school students who had lost their entire spring season with the ability to be seen by scouts and where are they going? And, and so, you know, youth sports coming back is gonna be a really key component to our community moving forward. And Rachel Rogers on our team does an amazing job in communicating and connecting and keeping all of those pieces together and moving forward. But obviously, Holly, just like Dale and Jim and your hotels have to have new precautions in place, youth sports are going to have to have the same. I'm curious, uh, is there an effort in Cobb? Are you following national guidelines? I mean, what's the plan in place for youth sports right now? 
well, you know, you, for us, there is a plan for the community, but for sports, each sport has its own set of rules and regulations. For example, BMX, which we are proud to host one of their national um, tournaments, you know, that's essentially a, a socially distant sport. It's one rider on a bike and you can work out all of the, the, the fans. Football is a little different, basketball, you know, all of the sports have their own, their own unique um, playing situations. And so, you know, it's just figuring out all of that. But safety always comes first. And, um, you know, we are excited to work together to figure out how all of that will move forward. Got it. Scott, tell us about the convention business down on the coast right now. Sure. Um, so what we saw was a lot of cancellations um, initially, but now what we're seeing is people much more apt to push their group events further into the calendar. In fact, as we look at our fall, our fall is tracking ahead of last year. I think a lot of that is due to the fact that many major groups have pushed um, their events later into the summer and into the fall. So. You know, every area in the Golden Isles is a little different, but if you look at Jekyll, St. Simons, and Sea Island, all those three islands are comprised about 50% group and 50% transient or leisure business. So um, we see a few things happening. As I mentioned, people are pushing their events later in the calendar year to continue them. Some of those events were major annual events that have um, decided to just do it next year instead. So it hasn't been a complete loss of business. It means it'll come a year later. Um, we're also seeing a trend in uh, the weddings market, which is a big market for us. A lot of folks have their destination weddings here on the coast. And we're seeing people move those dates back versus cancel them. Uh, we've also heard that you know, several people have decided to get married at the courthouse to start their lives together immediately, but are gonna plan the big event later um, when it's safe to do so in big groups. So we're fortunate for that. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're seeing an infill of transient business. So where we're having group losses, uh, we're seeing leisure fill in a good deal of that loss. So that's, that's encouraging news. Thanks, Scott. So this next question, I kind of wanted to open up to all of you. Um, one of the issues that we've heard consistently as we've talked to different industry sectors, what do you need to get started again? How can we help you? Uh, what we hear the number one issue so far are from companies talking about liability protection and needing safe harbors. They're following all the CDC guidelines, the governor's guidelines, but yet as we just saw, you know, last week, 777 new lawsuits, a new class action lawsuit today against an employer. I'm curious, have you heard that, Holly and Scott, from your members? Is that a concern? And Jim and Dale, uh, from your perspective, uh, how important is some type of safe harbor legislation at the federal level and also at the state level in order for you to really have confidence to, to reopen and get going again? Anybody can jump in. I'll, I'll hop on baseball uh, first. Uh, ultimately, we won't, we won't get back to playing baseball with fans in the stands really until Major League Baseball gives us the green light. And they've, they've been very, uh, very outspoken with regards to just making sure that they will not do that until we get to a point where we feel very comfortable 
that we can do so with fans in a very safe manner. Uh, and I, I, I don't, I don't perceive that uh, that anything other than that will will come to play. There's obviously been conversations with regards to different teams and different sports about opening with social distancing and those types of things. I think from a baseball perspective, baseball when they open up, they'll open up with with all fans. Uh, you know, when they do that, I don't see a, a partial type of a setup. Uh, and, and ultimately, you know, whenever that happens, we'll be able to do that in a way that everybody will feel safe and everybody will, will know that coming in, uh, that their health and, and safety will be paramount to uh, everything that we do uh, from a, uh, from a uh, not just an organization's perspective, but really from a, a sport perspective and Major League Baseball as a whole. Dale, any, any concerns with you guys needing a safe harbor or Holly, Scott, have you heard from your members? We certainly, Chris, would support safe harbor legislation and we're prepared to work uh, with, with uh, the state and the guidance that, uh, that they provide uh, along with, um, with our guidance as well. Right. And it is something that I think everybody has kind of top of mind, you know, it's going to be different for every industry. What works for Jim with the Braves is not going to work for Dale with Six Flags. Um, so it's, you know, really kind of figuring out what is best for each area and then making sure that that protection is there for them. I know one of our key partners, the Georgia Hotel and Lodging Association, is working at the state level to, to try to, you know, help um, you know, bring this to the forefront and make sure that something is in place to, to help protect, you know, all different areas of business, but especially tourism. And from our perspective, uh, you know, having those protections in place, I think is really important. Some resorts are doing what they can um, individually in limiting like hotel occupancy, Jekyll Island, for instance, has a 75% occupancy limit. Um, others are doing it themselves. But I'm hearing across our industry that it is very challenging to um, follow all the guidelines and get those supplies in which um, everyone is after. So we see a supply shortage of um, hand sanitizers, sanitizing wipes, um, you know, whatever the CDC guidelines are instituting, those supplies become um, more and more difficult to find. Of course, masks have become readily available. Uh, but what I'm hearing from businesses is trying to get um, those supplies to open and, and um, follow all the guidelines is just as important as to have um, a safety net for liability. Got it. Thanks, guys. So, uh, Jim and Dale, I want to go back to you guys. Dale, you mentioned briefly, and, and both of you guys talked about how you help, um, you know, your kind of frontline employees, but you've also got folks that have been, as you said, Dale, that have been on the clock, been working around around here, you know, doing all the other stuff that needs to be done to run an organization. Jim, you still got lots of your folks in the office or working from home doing their work. I'm curious, what kind of advice do you have for others in this industry sector, maybe in other business sectors, about how to work with those employees during, during such uncertain times right now? I know a lot of people are anxious, they're worried, people are depressed, they're worried about their jobs. 
what advice do you guys, you know, have for others about how you keep morale up, how you keep your employees informed and, and what do you, what have you been doing that way? Well, Chris, I'll, I'll go first. Um, you know, I think it starts with us as leaders. And that is, um, we, we have a saying, uh, every day is one day closer to opening. And we try to communicate as best we can and let people know with complete transparency what we know, what we don't know. And most importantly, to reinforce um, the, the safety and health aspects of, um, of, of all of this. And our, uh, our folks, I cannot tell you, it is so inspiring to hear from them, their love for the park, their love for their job, and they can't wait to get back, as I said earlier, to entertaining our, our guests. Um, speaking of guests, and I didn't mention this earlier, but we, we survey thousands of guests around the country, and they too are ready to come back. Uh, all the things anecdotally that you hear, they are ready to come back and join us. And when I do things, and, and Jim, yes, I do cruise through the battery on occasion. Uh, it's so heartening to see people coming back, but doing it safely. The, the safety procedures that the, the partners at the Battery and many of the places around town that I've seen, whether it's grocery stores or restaurants, have done a fantastic job and really blazed a trail for all of us. And it's heartening that people are recognizing that and, and getting back out and frequenting those establishments. So that gives us, along with the, the research that we've done, great comfort that, that folks will come back and look forward to to enjoying what what we offer. And I I would echo those statements. I think I think one of the the, the key key components that Dale touched on is is the 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 communication. I think communication is absolutely key to to all of your staff. And you know, ultimately, from a baseball and an MLB perspective, is we hope that we're playing baseball uh, soon, and we hope that we're playing baseball with fans uh, in the uh, in the near future as well. So we've got to prepare for that as best we can. And uh, I will say that you know the Braves organization I thought did a phenomenal job of transitioning everybody to to working uh, remotely uh, right away. And uh, you know, uh, fortunately, there's a lot of areas that uh, can do that without missing any beat whatsoever. And then we've got other folks that have been uh, been working at the ballpark, you know, each and every day, just making sure that the stadium is ready and that we're, you know, putting hand sanitizers around the ballpark and that, uh, that you know, if and when they, they pull the trigger and say, hey, you're playing games and fans can come in, we need to make sure that we're 100% ready. So uh, I've been, uh, I've been pleasantly us, uh, you know, happy with uh, with kind of the the downtime, if you will, at least from coming into the office. But uh, you know, ultimately, uh, there's a job that needs to be done, and and everybody is is pulling the same way and trying to make sure that uh, that when baseball comes back, that we're going to be 100% ready to go. Jim, one last question for you. Yeah. I know one of the great things about Truist Park is you can go watch baseball there, but I can also go to other events that you're hosting more and more out at the park and I know the other day that you're, you had the AVED brothers but they were live online versus being live on the field. Do you foresee having those types of events come back even if maybe baseball's delayed for a while or do you have a timeline on bringing back events into the park yet? We'd love to host 
anything and everything we possibly can. So when we can, and we can do it in a way that, that, I mean, you know, baseball is a unique sport. Uh, well, not unique from a sport perspective, but it's unique from an event perspective. When you think about the fact that we've got 40,000 people uh, all in a ballpark and part of the beauty of coming to a baseball game is that you are there with the masses. You're there in the middle of the crowd and you're high-fiving you know, the person next to you when Acuna hits a home run and those types of things. So it's part of the beauty and, and, and love that people have of baseball is, is, is that atmosphere and excitement that comes from coming to a game and, and experiencing it in that way. But we will 100% have as many events as we can. We had five concerts on the books this year. Uh, so, you know, ultimately I don't, I don't see us having any of those. I think, We've canceled, I know, a few of those, and, and a couple of those have been postponed. But ultimately, we'll continue to, to drive as many events as we possibly can from a ballpark perspective because we know that if people are coming to the ballpark, that's a great thing for the organization. It's a great thing for the battery and everybody that, uh, that's located out there as well. And any activity is, is good activity from that standpoint for us. Thank you, sir. Scott and Holly, last question for you guys. Advice uh, for, your, for your hoteliers, your members, your companies. What have you learned through this? What, what do you uh, continue to share with uh, those folks in the industry? I think it's all about collaboration. And it's all about how you come together and support each other. And, um, you know, making sure that, again, the communication is important and it that goes for your team, but it also goes to your partners and, and everybody that you work with um, on a daily basis. And, you know, just making sure that you're open and honest and, you know, everybody's kind of in this one together. And so just making your way through uh, as a team, you know, no one likes to, to feel like they're alone. And so, you know, making sure that, that you're right there together makes all the difference. Right. I think it's, that's good advice for life too, isn't it? Yeah. Scott, what about you? Yeah, similar message. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to be the voice of hope and optimism. Um, you know, people have been really set back by this and giving people, you know, bad numbers is no fun task. So it's, you know, we've let them know it's a tough time. We're there with them and we're all in this together. Um, we also encourage them and encourage all our area businesses to, you know, take this event seriously because as we've seen in reopening, you know, the weakest links will potentially set a community back. So it's a message of optimism and hope, but also a message with a, a little bit of concern to take this seriously. And if we all do our jobs, that uh, we'll make it through the other side. Thanks, Scott. I think that's a great message here. There's a business corporate citizenship responsibility that we all have to have to keep our employees and our customers and clients and fans safe. Uh, but also there's personal responsibility out there of men and women to keep each other safe and their families safe. So uh, I want to thank all of you for being with us today and for what you do in the industry, the advice you've given, the leadership you've shown. Uh, please know that the Georgia Chamber 
is here to help you, to be a partner with you. I want to remind our viewers that we're having our Thursday town hall tomorrow with Dr. Toomey. It's going to talk about contact tracing and where we are in Georgia. There's been some new numbers out today, so we'll get a feedback from her. And then next week, June 3rd, 1 to 2 o'clock, we'll have a, a similar roundtable but on economic development and we'll have as part of our guest uh, Pat Wilson, Commissioner of the Department of Economic Development, who's been doing an incredible job through all of this. And so again, thank you all for joining us today and for our guests. Thank you. God bless you. And uh, we can't wait to show back up in your communities and your parks and uh, at the ballpark. So take care, stay safe. God bless this state.